Hey listeners, this is Barnabas Piper. I am introducing this week's episode, which will sound a little different than what we normally do. Normally, you know, Ted and Ronnie and I wander to and fro through a variety of topics, but because we're coming off the Thanksgiving holiday, we didn't record as usual. So instead, we're going to share with you three of the Patreon episodes that we have previously released for those people who support us financially on Patreon. So if you go to patreon.com, you find the Happy Rant, you can support us for any amount monthly. And each week we release a bonus episode there that is not published to our, our normal feed. So this is just for those uh, those supporters. But we wanted to make these available to you now that they've been out for a while. Those listeners have all had a chance to enjoy them and uh, give you a little clue of what you're missing out on. So what you're going to hear is back-to-back-to-back Patreon episodes. They're a little bit shorter. We just answer a single question and do the same sort of same tone, same wandering to and fro, same having a good time. But before we get to that, don't forget to check out Dwell Audio Bible app, who is our sponsor on the podcast. So dwellapp.io slash happy rant is the URL. It's a great audio Bible app, a great way to get scripture into your life. They have listening plans. They have a variety of features to help you study and memorize and listen. So go to dwellapp.io slash happy rant. You can get a 20% discount off your annual subscription. comes out to less than $2 a month, so it's a great value. Please go check them out. Um, Ted and Ronnie and I all really enjoy it. It's a, it's a great app. So again, dwellapp.io slash happy rant. Check them out. Now, here are those three Patreon episodes. Enjoy. Hey, welcome to the Happy Rant, Patreon-only special podcast, bonus edition. Uh, I'm Ted Cluck, joined, as always, in studio by my good friends, uh, my partners in podcasting, Barnabas Piper and Ronald J. Martin. Boys, uh, we are producing special content. We're working overtime, a little time and a half here in the studio uh, to give the people what they want. So, Pipe, you have a question teed up. Uh, special for our, our most special supporters. What uh, what do you have? I do. So we just got done recording a political main episode and all of us feel enervated and miserable because politics <laughs> make us feel that way. So I'm going to ask a question to you gentlemen. We can all answer, but to lift our spirits. Mm-hmm. So here's an uplifting question. And it's just simply this. What is something that you have done in your life or from your life currently that you're proud of? Oh, wow. 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 What a like high concept yet good question. Um, let's uh, let let's start with you, Pipe. Yeah. All right. Um, I feel like Ron and I being Enneagram fours, we need a little. Yeah, more. we need a little time to, to, <laughs> to think. Yeah. Well, also being accomplished, you have to rank your you have to rank the things you're proud of. Um, uh, I would say I I think two two things. One is. Um, Figuring out how to get out of my dad's shadow without burning all the bridges in the relationship with my dad. Wow. Wow. That is a so, great one, dude. And and I say proud of only in the sense that getting out of my dad's shadow would not have been that hard, but doing it in a way that we still enjoy speaking to each other and have a, you know, an affectionate yeah. father-son relationship feels like it, it more of like a miracle and an accomplishment than it does something that just naturally happens. So, um, and that, that's been a little tricky over the years because my dad's or my last name, the name I inherited, uh, has opened a lot of doors for me. And so I've always felt the pressure to, to live up to the expectations or live up to the, like, if I get an opportunity, I have to earn the right to be there. 
And that can lead to a little bit of tension and bitterness. So I would say that's one. Mm. The other is um, not completely ruining my children thus far. Whoa. Mm. Thus far. That's a good one. I mean, there's still time. Yeah, but, yeah. But uh, my daughters are 14 and 11, almost 15 and 11, and uh, and they don't hate me. And they don't, like, roll their eyes at me, and they still give me hugs when other people are around and things. And so uh, those those are two things that in life that I'm I'm proud of. I feel a great sense of gratification about those. Pipe, that's big, man. If you've made it to 14 and you're still getting those hugs, I, I do think you've you've kind of reached a pinnacle. I mean, you've you've gotten over the mountain a little bit, you know? Yeah, we definitely have our moments. 14-year-olds are yeah, no and, doubt. and 11 no doubt. are a, a real challenge sometimes. But overall, pretty good. Ron, you know what's killing me about this right now? Yeah, throw it out there. The fact that we should absolutely be diving into this with follow-up questions and making it our real episode, given how much our real episode for this week Yeah, sucked. I, there's nothing more I would love to do. That oh, can't dude, because yeah. This, this, like, this special app. I know, special and I would, I, would, I would love to go deep dive on this, this thing that Piper just said because it was so insightful and interesting. And like, yeah, how do you do that without you know, becoming the anti-guy, you know, which would have been the lowest hanging sort of rhetorical fruit in terms of being John Piper's son. But you, you went the other way and you have handled it really well, I think. So, um, tip of the cap to you, Pipe, for getting well, us started. You. Ronald, do you have one? Um, man, these are always so bad for me, you know? Um, I think, uh, you know, I think, gosh, I think I guess the thing that I would be happy about right now is um, I think I'd be happy about uh, just the marriage that I've had with Big M. I think that's the first thing that comes to mind. I'm not not in a glib way. I mean, we you know, like everybody else, you know, we have things. Um, But God has just sustained us. Um, Man, we've been through a lot the last decade and um, just some 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 brutal things together. and it's uh, I don't know. God's still at work, and um, I'm I'm happy about it. I I recognize that um, you know we've had a um, we've had a lot of events that have really like tested you know our marriage and and things of that nature. And and um, but you know we're uh, God's been God's been faithful there. So I'm I'm just happy about that because I feel like a lot of other things. Uh, in my life have just been wobbly. They've disintegrated. Um, and they've just been, you know, they've just, they've just, they've gone nowhere or they've ended badly. And so, um, I, you know, I, I, I kind of go back to, to this as, as God's grace. So, yeah, I think that's what it would be for me for sure. How, how long have y'all been married? 25 going on 26. Yeah. That's right. That's a long time. It is, man. It's a long time. Yeah, baby. Wow. Um, I think mine, you know, there, there are some contenders adopting the boys like pipe, not screwing them up yet. Knock on wood. Um, or at least not too badly, but, uh, there was a year, there was a year in our lives. This was a while ago. It was when we were back up in Michigan and, um, I was writing exclusively. It was my career. So trying to do freelance writing full time and, very up and down financially. And, um, there, there was a time where we had just bottomed out financially and mm. like not able to pay the mortgage kind of thing. And, mm. uh, I ended up taking this job. Um, I've told you guys about it, but, uh, middle of the night, Lansing airport, like unloading UPS planes. 
And um, I took it just for a little extra cashish and for health insurance and the whole deal. And it felt like, you know, at the time, kind of a uh, kind of a blow. Like I, I viewed it as a referendum on like the end of my writing career and I would never get a teaching job or whatever. Um, so it felt really, really heavy. But and I was scared of it, to be honest, like it was a dangerous job where like a lot of people and machinery and things flying around and. It was all in the dark. Our shift started at four in the morning. So I would get up at like three thirty and drive in and just kind of have this weird other life that happened in the dark for a few hours every morning. And, like Pacino, uh, baby. Dude, like like Pacino. <laughs> I know. Like, I'm in, in the, the dark. dark. I, in I, the dark. Dude, that's good. I can't do a Pacino voice. Like I literally can't do it. I've tried. I've tried <laughs> I'm in private. In the dark. There you go. That's pretty good. That's really good. Ooh, uh. Um but yeah, I think just doing that successfully and even getting to a point where I liked it, um, not hurting anyone on the job, not hurting myself. See, uh, I remember when you did, so I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going to cut in with like yeah, a little no, no. bit of a comment, like a little bit yeah. of a question commentary. Cause I remember, I remember when you were doing that and I remember you, you having like, you were real tentative when you started it. Yeah. And I, I forget how long you were into it, but then I remember you, I think you were talking to me and pipe about it and you were like, mm-hmm. You, you were like, you were like newsflash boys. Like I'm actually kind of starting to enjoy this. Totally, totally. And I enjoyed it because like, I've got all these tough people like in my family and I feel like they always looked at me like, like, Oh, you're, you're a writer, you know, big, big <laughs> whoop. you know, you're, you're like a soft guy or whatever. And, uh, just proving that I could take that kind of job and excel in it and enjoy it. Um, I really do look I look back on that fondly and um, and I'm proud of it. So that's a weird one, just a weird little one. But um, but yeah, great question. Piper, now that came from a, a Patreon supporter, that question? No, these are just questions that I that I drummed up. So that was just oh, that nice. was just one I figured you guys would enjoy answering. I have a follow up question for Ronnie about yeah. Ted's answer. Yeah. Um, Ronnie, I know that you you did music for a long time and then you're a pastor now. Did you ever do just like any dog crap jobs mm-hmm. that were like, I just have to pay the bills. So I have to work terrible hours or go like just do some job that you hated because that's what put food on the table. Yeah. So my, my dad, my family, my dad, my, my dad has owned it like a truck or he did. He owned a trucking company from like 1972 and my brother actually owns it now. So it's still, it's, you know, 50 years later, it's still gone. Wow. So, um, yeah, so the thing, you know, it, it wasn't a horrible job. I didn't enjoy doing it, but what it, what it was during my music stuff, I could always bounce back to it, you know? So Mm -hmm. when, when I wasn't, when I wasn't bringing in enough money or there was like a a break, you know, and, you know, I, you know, I was not on tour, not making a record. I could always kind of bounce back to that and just do that whenever I needed to. I had a lot of freedom and flexibility with it, but I, but man, I just didn't enjoy it like yeah. at, at all. It, it wasn't a hard job. The hours are really good, so it, it's a little glibby to complain about it. But um, mm-hmm. but yeah, but it was just a, it was just your literal you know normal blue collar you know kind of kind of thing for sure. Yeah, yeah. it's it. I appreciated your answer, Ted, because it. <clears throat> there, looking back, it is amazing how like there's such a sense of satisfaction in doing those garbage jobs. that were necessary at the time like i don't mean your first job out of college or whatever but like when you have a family like there was a stretch where uh, i worked i worked kind of two and a half jobs with the half job being trying to earn money writing and one of them Mm -hmm. was working like 20 hours a week at target 
while working full time yeah. at a different job because that's what it took. And the, you know, yeah. for a couple of years at one point, I worked at like a, a tuxedo rental place, mm-hmm. which was maybe the most miserable job I've ever oh, had, bad, dude. Oh, it's terrible. And, you know, paid like $6 an hour plus whatever commissions you made on renting tuxes to like snotty nosed mm-hmm. prom kids. But in <laughs> retrospect, I'm like, I, I am proud of it because showing up to work every day to make your, you know, $27 uh, yeah. is, is what kept the lights on. And there's a sense of, of gratification in that. Well, Pipe, you know what's so funny about that, man, is like, I, you know, I, I there's some, you know, when you do ministry, when you do these kinds of jobs that are very, that lack a lot of structure, right? Um, you have to create your own structure in uh-huh. some ways. Um, there, man, it does, there is something about working like that, that eight, nine, 10 hours where, man, you, you just, you start at a certain time, you yeah. end at a certain time, you get home, like your bones are tired, you've been sweating, you know, you're just like, you're, you're just, you feel like you did something mm-hmm. and uh, you're just, man, you're just, you're just ready to kind of like turn in for the day, turn yeah. in for the night. And there's there is something that feels really good about that, because, again, we all work in jobs that are just far less measurable in terms of just that that just that those those real staunch and strict kind of like hours that we had to do. That's so but, true. And it's it's a great point, too, that like, yeah, there's there's real value in leaving the house, getting tired. Even the people at those kinds of jobs who are crazy, like they're crazy in predictable ways. And, you know, I feel like for the three of us, you guys in ministry and me in the academy, I mean, there's always there's always somebody somewhere like waiting to sink a knife into your back. And (laughs) you're always kind of like sleeping with one eye open, like waiting for that to happen. Literally. But yeah, I mean, at UPS, it was like, you know, I really hope that, you know, heavy machinery doesn't swing over and knock me over and kill me. But like I knew that none of my coworkers were like, you know, none of them were trying to hurt me. And, um, it was just a totally different, yeah, it's simple. It was a totally different kind of danger, just a simple kind of visceral human kind of danger where it's, it's, it's all conceptual for us now, which is why boys 12 and a half minutes into this thing, I'm realizing that we need to splice this onto like the first 10 minutes of our other (laughs) app and call that the app for this week. And just well, get us in the last 20 minutes of our last step. I No, we're going to keep the other one because we deserve to have a bad week and because our Patreon supporters deserve to get a real conversation because they've been they've That's they've true. been paying our production costs for 18 months or something like that. So, 2 years maybe, I don't remember. So, we're going to give this one to them and then we'll we'll come up with better topics besides American politics for all future regular episodes. I like it. I'm not entirely sold on that plan, Pipe. And, uh, and I may, <laughs> well, the, the, you're, you're sold on the last part, coming up with yeah, anything yeah. besides American politics. I, I'm totally sold on that part. Totally sold on that part. So, boys, we have uh, we've done what we've done one time on this little sub-program, which is uh, shout out our Patreon supporters. Thank them with 13 more minutes of bloviating. And until next time. Hey, welcome to the Happy Rant Patreon only podcast. This is a special bonus, boys. Um, this is an extra 10 to 12 minutes that we do on one topic only for the VIPs in our life, uh, the Patreon supporters, the people who make it possible for us to continue doing radio at a super high level every week. Um, so shout out to those people. You know who you are. Um, I am Ted Cluck. I'm joined as always in studio by my good friends and my partners in radio, Barnabas Piper. And Ronald J. Martin. And Pipe, you have a question dialed up for us. I what do. Is, 
So, yes, the model of these podcasts is a single question, and we just riff on it for a minute and give our, our Patreon supporters hopefully something delightful. Uh, today, I want to ask you guys about young and unrequited love. That is the – that's the direction we're going. <clears throat> so, oh, my goodness. Boy, the question I hope this romantic is, pipe turned out to be haunted. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's, it's, we'll, see if the, we'll see if this counts as romantic. Uh, who is – Somebody who stands out in your mind as a, your your kind of your first celebrity crush, or a major celebrity crush from back when that would have been innocent. Because if you answer yeah, something sure. that you have today, it might be a little heavy. <laughs> yeah, yeah that would be a little troublesome, Piper. That's what I think true. You're describing. That's true. Yes. Yeah. Um, Piper, as always, good question. Um, the more we do these Patreon things, the more I think this should be the format for just the normal shows. Um, kind of, why aren't we doing this? Uh, because these always end up better than the real apps. Baby, well, these, these are a, the people who are paying us money. So we probably owe them something. That's better. true. We, yeah, we do. We, better are, content. we owe them unrequited love. Baby, do you <laughs> have an early celebrity crush? Yeah, check it out. So this is going to yeah. date me because I am the old guy here on the pod. Um, sure. but so this is going to, this is going to be a random one, boys. So um, the first one that came to my mind is Shannon Doherty when she was on Little House on the Prairie when she got her start oh, on Little House. <laughs> now, who Strong. was she on Little House? She was uh, she she just was kind of like a she was kind of like a like a like a B level like character, a secondary like, character. Yeah, like a secondary character, and I can't even. I don't even know. I think she was in more than one ep, but she yeah. she had a very short run, right? And she was just like, I don't know, she was 10 years old or something like well, that. Well, that was before like you could like run old. to the to the IMDb and be like, Absolutely. what else has she been in? I've got to see more Shannon Doherty. Right, exactly. There's, there's no options. There's no options for that when you're eight years old, right? So, <laughs> exactly. Um, when you're eight years old yeah. and it's like 1982. Hey, Dad, yeah. where else can I see Shannon in? Oh, well, let me look yeah. up IMDb, son. Exactly. So um, Exactly. Yeah, so that was uh, that was it for me. And so she was like, so this is kind of what's funny, right? So she was like this, she played this really sweet, kind-hearted character. And I never saw her again until like 90210 came out when she was all like wow. super mean. And she was like the, she was kind of yeah. like the vampire character that she became and super hated by everybody. And I was just, I remember thinking like, what happened, Shannon? You were so great 10 years ago on Little House. You were so great on the frontier, you know, churning you butter, so helping out your mom. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Just kicking oh, it with, uh, with Albert Ingalls and, you oh, know, dude. So yeah. she was a contemporary of Albert. I bet she was yeah, like a love she, interest for him. She might, you know, man, I, she might've been a little young for Al, but, um, yeah. she wasn't too young for me, boys. Let me just throw it out. Yeah. There. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so mine, mine is, uh, even weirder, I think. And, um, similar age group though. I, I would have been like between six and eight years old when I had this first celebrity crush. And it was, uh, it was Linda Carter. She played Wonder Woman in like the live action, like network TV Wonder Woman. Of course, it was Linda Carter who played Wonder Woman, baby. Dude. Oh, my gosh, man. Yeah. Like very beautiful lady. Um, it was a show that I could follow at age eight because the plots weren't super intricate. Um, it it was a show that for some reason my parents allowed me to watch. I was going to say, were you uh, allowed to watch it or were you like sneaking that one in? I was allowed to, but I would have snuck it. You know, I think I definitely would have snuck it. So your mom was literally watching Linda going, I have no issue with like my seven yeah. year old, like watching Linda. She's like, he must just like the plots, you know, <laughs> like, he must just really like superheroes at this age. Yeah. 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 He's, he's not a misogynist. He's okay my with son, a strong woman. She's you know? like, son, are you, would you, 
would you call yourself like more of a Marvel guy or a DC guy? That, I was that a, was the t- I was more of an LC guy, if you know what I mean. I was a you I was were more an of a Linda Carter guy, guy if you that's know what it. I mean. Yeah, I, I don't get into the Marvel DC argument. Whoever's delivering Linda Carter, that's uh that's that's where my loyalties were back then. But uh but yeah, that's it, baby. That's the that's the first Linda Carter shocking because I man, most of the dudes I knew from that era like hated Linda Carter. Like they they were like Dude, Dude, talk she's about ugly and she's the worst. See, I always kind of like, like I don't, I don't know, for lack of a better term, like weird, weird looking women, because um, she didn't look conventionally like Hollywood beautiful. You know what I mean? Yeah, there was a was little a, bit of, she was little jagged. bit of, an, yeah, a little bit of an edge, a little bit of jaggedness to Linda Carter. Oh, that, totally uh, jagged, just uh, yeah. bare, so hard to look at. I, yeah. yeah, not for me though. I think, I think for like <laughs> most people. So this, right. this is a true like. Enneagram for crush, you know, I, I have to have a crush on the person that other other dudes find out. Yeah, because I know because Linda Carter T. I mean, man, it was hard. She's hard on the eyes. And well, nobody, nobody I knew nobody I knew could even stand to look at her. So, yeah, well, good, that's good call. Yeah, yeah, yeah thanks. Baby. That, was a, that was a big that was a stretch for you. I appreciate you opening up. your, what, your And the costume, diversity. the costume choices for her were just so unflattering as well. Very like moo moo ish. So, yeah, I don't yeah, know what you were yeah. looking at, Ted. Gee, that was yeah, that was man. That's really shocking. I know, guys. It's it's such a weird thing. I thought I thought you guys could relate to me on this. I thought it was an every man's battle kind of thing with Linda Carter, but <laughs> yeah. uh, apparently not. Yeah, eat your heart apparently out, Steve I'm, Arterburn. I'm the weird one. You yeah, know. you're the weird one, man. It's super yeah. weird. Gosh, yeah. golly. Piper, early childhood crush. Oh, so not this a lot is of TV in your household, right? So. Exactly. So I, my options were super limited because we I. I never, I, 80s movies were mostly lost on me. Like, I just didn't ever see them. Um, you know, all kind of all the, the quintessential ones. No TV shows were kind of relevant in my life until maybe the late 90s. Wow. Um, you know, and then it was like playing catch up on Seinfeld and Elaine Bennis didn't make the cut. Um, so, so my, my options were the handful of movies. And, and so there's kind of, there's kind of two answers. There's one that was the like more, like, it's the first one I remember because I would have been like six, and it's Princess Leia. Uh, oh, just and the thing is, at that age, she was Princess Leia. Like she didn't have an actual name. Like there wasn't there wasn't an actress. It was just this character. Um, yeah. And you know, somewhat scandalized by the job of the hut sequence, but uh, but you know, kind of pleasantly scandalized at age six. Um, yeah. But then at about age ten was the first time I was ever just heartbrokenly jealous of a, of a peer of mine on screen. And, uh, the jealousy was for squints, Polidorus and the, the kiss that he was able to give Wendy Preferkorn in the sandlot because yeah, that, I, that was, that's the, just, that's the Linda Carter equivalent. I was, yeah. I was 10 when that movie came out and, yeah, I mean, they boy, did they know how to like break the heart of a ten-year-old, uh, oh. as well as like you, you were jealous, but also like, man, he, as the movie says, he kissed her long and he kissed her good. So oh. those are those yeah. are the two that stand out uh, in terms of like first first major uh, movie celebrity crushes. And the thing is, neither of them neither of them were because of the actress. Like it wasn't I followed their career. It was just like that character. And that scenario yeah. was, was that everything scene, I wanted at that age. Scene, pipe. Yeah. Interesting. I don't uh, even know if you can call Wendy Preferkorn a uh, a character. She was more like a, a <laughs> she was like a plot device, but 
but a perfect one. You just wanted to be kissing anybody back then, though. Yeah, probably. at ten. At, well, yeah, at ten, at it was. 10. It was. But but never could I have admitted that to my peers. Like that didn't come oh, until yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, I don't know three yeah. years, four years later, when it was like, okay, now this is a thing that that you you know yeah. you might be willing to. At ten, it was like, no, girls are disgusting. Except that one, she's not disgusting. Except Wendy, man, good old Wendy. Yeah. Hey, did Wendy whatever. ever do anything beyond? Uh, I was going to say. I wonder what up? happened to her. I don't know. Speaking, we do have IMDb now, like you didn't in 1982. So maybe we can find out. Dude, I can't look up Linda Carter, my Covenant Eyes guy. He, <laughs> he knows too much now. You know. Didn't Linda Carter just pass away? Oh, I hope not. I don't um, think so. Did, did she? Let's find out. That doesn't sound familiar. I'll, I'll look it up. Yeah. My, uh, my, I can... Linda Carter. I'll just look up Linda Carter age, man. We'll get yeah. to it. She's 69 years old. She's still alive. Okay. Yeah. My bad. Solid. Sorry, Linda. Dude, she was, was married to great. Robert Altman for a while. Yeah, Robert Altman married 1984. Um, yeah, I think she was married to him until he passed. Dude, that's a good, good, good work, Robert Altman. Yeah, Altman, man, making Classic. some weirdo movies, marrying Linda Carter. That's a good, a good run for him. Dude, He's, I would have thought. I'm not gonna lie to you. I would have thought she yeah. was older than that, man. 69 yeah. years old, 70. I don't know. Interesting. But, I know. Yeah. I know. I know. Dude. Believe me, yeah. Let's let's think about now. All these uh, like older actresses popped up, like Jacqueline Smith, Lindsay Wagner, Raquel Welch. You know, all dude, these... that was kind of a golden era for actresses. Barbara Eden, remember her? Team? Oh, absolutely, dude. Yeah, absolutely. Is the Pope Catholic baby? <laughs> yeah, right. She's, she's eighty nine yeah. years old. So. Oh, <laughs> eighty nine. That's Nothing. spry. Eighty nine. I mean, man. I, yeah. You know. Well, boys, this has been uh, this has been a lot of fun. It's been illuminating. <laughs> Good, good question, Pipe. Um, these these Patreon ups never uh, they never cease to they never fail. They, they never have... fail, do they? And by never, I mean the two times that we've done them. Um, we've done well. Yeah, I mean, and you guys are welcome to like pitch me stuff to ask back to you. I'm just coming up with random questions oh, that I thought. Don't you, you know, worry, be, we're going to pitch you stuff. All Don't right, you your yeah. pretty little head off on that. Dude, the, the notes are flying around. Oh, they are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally. You guys are going to have like literally like. Notebooks arriving via Amazon. Mountains of ideas. Your, Mountains of ideas. Your house is tomorrow, so hang in there, boys. We've done what we always do for the for the elite, the cultural elites of our uh, of our podcast listening audiences, the people who make it all worthwhile, the people who allow us to do high level radio. Um, we've done what we always do for those people, which is talk for about ten minutes on one thing, <laughs> <laughs> and in, and until next time. Hey, welcome to the Happy Rant Patreon-only subscribers podcast. Pipe, this is a new endeavor that we are undertaking where we provide special content for our most special uh, fans, those who support our Patreon page. Uh, these have been a blast, Pipe. They're little one-off, like 12 to 15-minute episodes where you have come up with like really great questions to ask. So shout out to you for doing amazing work. Shout out to our Patreon supporters for uh, being good to us as they have been. Yeah, they really have been. I hope I hope this makes it worth their uh, worth their funds that that we totally. we throw a little extra episode their way. Hopefully totally. weekly. Yep, that's right. So, what do you got for us today, Pipe? What's the uh, what's the question? Yeah. So the question for this one is: uh, Who is your favorite? Or um, you know, you could have a list. Uh, yeah. movie, movie or TV show villain? Ooh. 
favorite movie or TV show villain. Yes, and then, of course, you need to defend your choice. You can't just throw a name out there. This wouldn't be much of a podcast. Yeah, no, I'm going to I'm gonna throw a couple out there. <clears throat> and these are these are fresh in my mind because I'm, I'm watching Cobra Kai with my son, Maxim. Have you watched <laughs> that at all? I haven't. I, you know, being a – the 80s are – are kind yeah, of a lost, kind of, yeah, kind of kind a of lost era you. for me. You know, I was yeah, born in '83, yeah. so you know, I wasn't I wasn't coming of age in the '80s, and so like Karate Kid was something that like I watched and thought it was a fun movie. You know, when I was eight or ten, but it didn't. Yeah. It wasn't formative for me. Yeah, 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 and it wasn't formative for me either. Like I, I have friends for whom Karate Kid was like the seminal movie of the '80s for them, and it wasn't for me. I mean, I enjoyed them, but so I, I've been watching this Cobra Kai thing on Netflix, and it's sort of a where they now kind of reboot of the Daniel LaRusso, Johnny Lawrence story. And I can't decide if it's great television or terrible television, but I keep watching. So maybe it's maybe it's good. But um, one of my favorite bad guys of all time is Johnny Lawrence, who was like the blonde douche in the original Karate Kid. <laughs> yes, but <laughs> Upon further review, you realize he really wasn't that bad and he really didn't do anything wrong except like try not to let Daniel LaRusso like ride into his town and steal his girlfriend, which like any anybody would like buck back against that. So um, I really like Johnny Lawrence, uh, the the way that they're handling his character in Cobra Kai is a blast. Um, It's really kind of a like a redemption arc for him. Um, kind of a douche to good guy arc, and uh, I'm loving, I'm loving that. Dude, I wonder if they one, had that written in like the notes on the script. Like this is this is the general direction. Exactly, dude. The other one that's similar to me, and and this is all kind of emblematic, I think, of how we made movies in the '80s was uh, Top Gun, Iceman. The fact that oh, Iceman yeah. really wasn't a bad guy either. We've talked about this on the program. Like he really did absolutely nothing wrong for the whole duration of of the movie top gun but he was he was the foil he was the bad guy to like maverick's good guy except that if you watch it through the lens of like who would i want to manage like who would i want on my staff or who would i even want to fly planes with or whatever the answer would be Iceman because he never at any point did anything bad so um he was a fun like 80s bad guy um Another one that they do interesting things with in the reboot is uh, Ivan Drago from Rocky IV. Huh. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, Drago, man, like kind of the the classic 80s Cold War Russian bad guy, you know, steroidal, quiet, um, a killer, literally, in Rocky IV. But um, in Creed II, which really was a bad movie, um, it really, really yeah. Can, Creed, Creed was a great movie. Creed two Creed was, was an incredible movie. Not good. Yeah. Creed two was terrible, um, but still fun because it's in the Rocky franchise. And like to me, they really got you rooting for Drago. Like the whole Drago family by the end, I was like, oh, I want good things for them. You know. Um, so he was he was one of my favorite like eighties bad guys growing up. Um, other bad guys, dude, Alan Rickman and Die Hard. I know we've had we've had like die, die Hard stuff come up on the show before, but he, Rickman's yeah. he's on thief, my list too. Yeah, Rickman's thief and Die Hard was just perfect. Like diabolical, charming, uh, charismatic in his own weird way. Um, a great foil to like John McClane's regular guyness was was like the the kind of suave 
Europeanness of um, of Alan Rickman uh, in Die Hard. I could keep going, man, but I want to hear some of yours. I bet you oh, got so. Some. Well, I'll I'll just pick up with the Rickman as as Hans Gruber because mm-hmm. he he's sort of like a paradigm for uh, for a certain kind of villain where he's like charismatic in the sense of larger than life personality but just way over the top too and like th- there's a whole category of villain that he sort of he he sort of is the the figurehead for it that I generally yeah. just find very entertaining um totally. you know it's funny i pulled up a list of villains like who does who do who are like critically acclaimed and i generally find the ones on this list boring you know sure. it's like sure you know, it's a bunch of people like Hannibal Lecter. I'm like, well, yeah, yeah. I don't Was he even the villain of that movie? He was just like, right. He was yeah. the only one who made the movie go. Norman that movie Bates. Was so, like, depraved. There were, there were like yeah. really no good people in that movie. Yeah. Like, Darth Vader's on here. I'm like, Darth Vader is not an interesting villain. He's, no. he's just a, he, he's just a scary dude in a mask. He's so, got a, yeah. Just in a black suit, you know, that made him the bad guy. Yeah, so so Rickman is Rickman's on this list as yeah. uh, as Gruber, and I agree with that. I think here's another really interesting one that that again is more paradigm than character itself. It's Nurse Ratched from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Um, I haven't seen that, dude. Okay, Believe so it or not. I I didn't love the movie. I think it's one of those yeah. that's more critically acclaimed than fun to watch. Sure, but, sure. But but the the sort of perfectly played villain that you hate so much, like you just. Yeah. So like um, Dolores Umbridge in the Harry Potter movies would be another one where like the characters played so well that every time you see their face, you're like, I hope something terrible happens to that character. Yeah. Yeah. You just you, you, you just abhor it. So that's a great that's a great one. Yeah. So then the uh, there's two other ca- categories of villains that pop into my mind. One of them is like the Godfather. So, yeah, um, Either Marlon Brando or Michael, uh, why am I? Al Pacino as Michael Corleone in yeah, Godfather yeah. One or Two, because they're not good guys, but they're right. they're they're so they're kind of the hero of the movie, yeah. but they're also they they're, they're criminal like masterminds, bad people, yeah, 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 for sure. And so there's this sort of the conflicted, like, wait, am I supposed to like this person? What's going on here? Yeah. That version, and and both of those guys, Brando and and Pacino, in those movies are great. Yeah. Uh, the last one is. Um, there's a show called Justified. Oh yeah, that that I love, and um, Boyd Crowder is the name of the villain, and I can uh-huh. never ever remember the name of the actor. Um, uh-huh. But he's a he's the villain who's sort of like the yin to the hero's yang. So Timothy Oliphant plays Raylan Givens, this U.S. marshal. Boyd Crowder's yeah. like his childhood friend, who's now the like criminal mastermind of this rural Kentucky county, and. Oh, wow. And so they like they have this friendship and rivalry and they want to kill each other. And so there's this like, man, I really like him. He's super compelling. Also, he's terrible. And I'm okay. rooting against him. I'm going to look him up real quick for whatever yeah, reason. It's, it, his name always slips in my mind, the actor's name. But yeah. that's a version of villain that's super fun as well. Totally. Uh, Walton Goggins. That's the actor's Walton name. Walton Goggins. He's, he's the kind of actor when you see him, you're like – Oh yeah, I've seen him he's in a, a bunch of guy. stuff. He's yeah. a that guy, and you're like, and I, uh-huh. and he's always that fun. He's always yeah. a fun yeah. guy. So, I think Dude, those... speaking of fun bad guys, all the villains in the uh, the Oceans movies. So like Terry <laughs> Benedict, um, fun fun villain, easy to hate. Um, and and Pacino played one in the I think it was the third Oceans, Oceans thirteen. Um, he he played uh, oh, what was the guy's name? I forget, but he, oh, Terry, or, uh, Bank, 
uh, Willie Bank. And, uh, yeah, he, of course it was. Yeah. Yeah. He builds this huge casino and, uh, and almost kills my favorite character. The guy with the huge glasses, um, Ruben. And, um, yeah, those are, those are great villains too. Any, any like legendary ones we're leaving out pipe. Oh, I'm sure there are. Um, the thing is, I, I feel like it's almost always like the bit character villains that are more interesting yeah. Uh, because they have more personality because the – I'm trying to think. Okay, so uh, Verbal Kent from The Usual Suspects. Ooh, the, yeah. So Solid, dude. The Usual Suspects was a movie that if you were of a certain generation, the first time you mm-hmm. saw that, it blew your mind. Uh, totally, so, dude. Spoiler completely alert, listeners. The movie's been out for 25 years. I feel like we can maybe get away with this. but And that's one that like I, – I feel like we both had – older like you had older brothers i had like an older cousin who was way cooler than me and way cooler than i'll ever be and like every cool thing that i ever was introduced to it came via him and it's no different with the usual suspects i remember like watching that in his basement with him and just having my mind blown and also feeling cooler by having watched the movie and knowing that i would immediately like this is pre-social media or texting but as soon as I could, I would be telling everyone in my life about the usual suspects. And uh, it just had that kind of impact. And yeah, he verbal can't great bad guy. Yeah, great, well, because you spent yeah, you spend the whole movie feeling sorry for him sorry until for you him. find out yeah. that he's the mastermind behind everything. And then you have to rewatch it just to see if you could pick up on it at any point. Oh man, um, what a great movie. Dude, is it uh it's probably time to show that to Tristan, right? Tristan's oh, 18. Yeah. I yeah, I think yeah. I think I was probably junior in high school when i saw it the first time and nice. uh so yeah that's it's like the perfect age to to really yeah. dig that one for sure one one last perfect villain and this is like a yeah. perfect villain for the movie yeah rob lowe's character and tommy boy yes dude perfect villain perfect like time period for that kind of villain yes. um <clears throat> because it was right on that have we talked about this on the show i feel like i feel like we have how in the 90s, the villain was always a rich guy, you know, it, but in the 80s, the hero was always a rich guy. Like the, the arc of <laughs> the arc of an 80s movie was that, like, if good things happened to you, it meant that at the end you were getting rich and you, and you were the good guy. But in the 90s and we got all angsty and like class struggle about stuff like the bad guy was always like the rich, yuppie, good looking like Rob Lowe character. Um, other low key, great bad guy was uh dan Aykroyd's character in tommy boy ray zelinsky yes i make he, car parts for the american working what was it the american working man because i am the american working man something yeah. like that i'm butchering it i'm gonna get well actually on that one but, yeah some uh, somebody who's watched it what's funny yeah. is yeah as much as i've seen that movie his that line didn't uh didn't didn't stick quite as well as like you know checking the Dude, specs on the end it. line for the rotary girder Dumb exactly. Guy. I loved it because you did like a weirdo over the top, like Chicago guy accent. Yeah. You know what I mean? You just went well, all in on that. Oh, and they picked the perfect name, Ray Zelinsky. Ray like, Zelinsky, exactly. Yeah. Like kind of greaseball Chicago um, 
car parts guy. It was perfect. Yeah, I I think I don't know that I've ever laughed so hard at a movie scene as the first time I watched Tommy Boy. You know, there's the scene where like Rob Lowe's character enters <laughs> enters the movie. He gets off the bus, which is great because yeah. he's like this grimy grifter, and you don't really you, right. you know he's bad. And there's the kid making the faces at the bus window, and he, he just smacks the window, and you just see the kid like fly yeah. backwards. Then he proceeds to drink this milk, which is random. Uh-huh. Like, he's just drinking milk Super and crumple the car- and throws the carton in like a baby carriage. He throws it in a stroller as it rolls yeah. by. Yeah. And, it, you know, I was probably like 13 or 14 the first time I saw that and just <laughs> lost it. It was, it, it holds up as just the worst, like, oh, we know exactly who this guy is when he comes on screen. Dude, that's such a magical movie. And I feel like people of all ages love that movie. That That's one that, so when you get to be our age and your kids get to be a certain age and your parents get to be a certain age, it's kind of a trick to find a movie to watch that like all three generations will appreciate. My dad's a huge Tommy boy guy. My kids are huge Tommy boy guys like Tommy boy, the blues brothers. Like there are a handful of movies that, uh, that work for all three of us. And, um, we, we love it. Yeah. The, uh, my, my kids gravitated more towards dumb and dumber. I think that's because Tommy Uh, boy's humor is just, there's a little bit, it's, it's a little subtler. I mean, yeah, it's hard to call yeah. Chris Farley subtle, but like the Ray Zielinski thing is comedic genius, but you don't recognize it. And so you kind of exactly. get what they're doing. Yeah. Um, Dude, even the scenes of Farley, like in college, like he's yes. at Marquette trying to pass his <laughs> history final for the 11th time. And, and dude, my kids love the scene where um, they're doing like bong rips and like keg stands at the party. And Chris Farley's getting all sentimental and it, he goes, I love you guys. And he looks into the eyes of the other dude, and he's like, especially you. And then yes. he stands up, and he, he starts that speech. We're going to show this world a thing or two. We're going to. And then he, like, falls forward into the coffee table. Oh, yeah, the Chris Farley, through the, Chris Farley through the coffee table, which is like a staple bit. Yeah, my boys love that part. They're, they're always like, we're going to show this world a thing or two. Um, <laughs> yeah, what a movie, dude. What, a, what an amazing movie. What an amazing comedian. Uh, it delivered a couple of great bad guys. That was kind of like the – that was the the early part of the Rob Lowe renaissance, I think, where he did he did all those 80s kind of Brat Pack movies. Brat Pack, and he yeah. disappeared for like 10 years and then uh, he came back were, strong. I bet those time. were a fun 10 years though. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. What a, what a wild 10 years for sure. I've heard him on – I've heard him on podcasts and stuff talking about his career. He's he's a really good listen. Like, yeah. He um he definitely owns all of his all of his mistakes and idiocy, but <laughs> but he's a good storyteller about it at he the is. same time. Yeah, he's one of those guys who I I everything in me wants to dislike, but the more I hear him talk, the more I'm like I I kind of like him. Yeah, like if he was in your friend group in college, you would have been like, screw this guy, he's too good looking. Things have come too easy for him. But then he'd hang out a couple of times. He'd be like, oh yeah, I'm a I'm a Rob Lowe guy, you know. Yeah, no, he would no, he would make you feel like you were cool enough to hang out with him. Oh, totally, totally. Yeah, that's right, that's right. He would have that that kind of magnetic personality, and and that's honestly kind of the the characters that he's played. You know, um, over the years, he's made you uh, he he's made you like him that way. But I um, will say, I'm watching The West Wing right now with uh, dude, with really? Lauren. You- and so I never I never watched it because yeah. I just never got around to it. And then I tried once and I didn't like it. And so uh-huh. I'm trying again. And we're on like season three, and I I really yeah, really yeah. like it. It's a it, I I got it wrong the first time. I don't like Sam Seaborn's character. Okay, so that's dude, Rob. It's- that's Rob Lowe's character. He just he's too like 
when he goes into like smart expert lawyer mode, he's entertaining. Yeah. But when he's like earnest, nice Sam Seaborn, I just find uh-huh. him excessively irritating. Dude, it's funny. We tried to get into West Wing and kind of had the same experience you had the first time around. I just couldn't get into it. But I've heard just nothing but glowing you know, reviews and praise it, for it. I should try it, it again. I would say like seasons two and three pick way up. Okay. Uh, you know, season one is, you know, it's like any show, especially like an Aaron Sorkin show that's so, yeah. you know, dialogue heavy. Like they don't quite have the patter down right. Yeah. But seasons yeah. two and three, it finds itself a little bit more. The characters fill out a little bit better. And like there, there's a deep roster of, of like really good characters in it too. Kind of even the, yeah. even the, the supporting ones. So we're no longer talking about villains, but uh, yeah. Oh, Dude, speaking if, of that. A great I villain wanna, in that is the vice president. Like just his character, you're like, oh, uh, I despise this creep. I want to review something that we touched on a month or two ago, Piper. And okay. it's your uh, your wife's love of the show Gilmore Girls. And I yes. wondered if like as a result of living with her now, you've you've had a chance to experience that show because it, it delivers a couple of great villains as well. Oh, well, I, I have experienced that show in fairly significant doses for the last mm-hmm. 15 years. So, oh, that's right. Cause you have daughters. Because, yeah. Right. And I, and I, I used to be married to somebody who loved that show. And so <laughs> okay. there was, there was also an introduction then. And at no point have I enjoyed that show. My impression yeah. has not changed and it's not stubbornness. Like this isn't right. a, I'm dying on this hill. This is like, no, I, yeah. I genuinely can't find anything likable about this show. Every yeah. character annoys me. It's interesting, dude, that you say that because while I do like the show, I, I can I can watch it and I can think about your perspective on it and say it w- with all sincerity, I can see why he feels this way. Like the show is equal parts to me, delightful and annoying. Um, and the characters are largely indefensible. Um, the two main characters, especially uh, Rory and her mother, Lorelai, are just Un- unquestionably horrible people. See, I think that show is a villain. I think it's a villainous yeah. show because everything yeah. about it is unlikable to me. Yeah, there, there's really only two likable, like defensible characters in the whole show. Run this by your wife, actually. This this uh, this theory, Kirk and Luke. As oh, the they're only both two. no, they're both idiots. I know no, enough dude. about both. They are. They're terrible. Really, Kirk and Luke? Yes. See, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go a couple minutes and defend Kirk here at least, and we'll we'll get to Luke in another episode. But Dude, oh, fine, do your do your worst, dude. Kirk lives with his mother, takes care of her. Uh, work ethic. He works literally everywhere in town, like the video store, uh, Dozy's Market. He's everywhere. Kirk. Um, he won the 24 hour dance marathon, so he's got endurance. Um, good dude. I think I think Kirk is a good dude. I uh, I want I want good things to happen to him. I want him to find love. And, okay, uh, that's N- none none of that has to do with whether or not he's a good character. I wasn't. He oh. he may he may have good character. That doesn't make him a good character. Like if he walked yeah. into a room, I would I would either quietly exit elsewhere or I would roll my eyes. He just Dude, he wouldn't. And Luke again may have good character, but is it is a just an unlikable human. See, I like Luke, man. I think it's because I, I'm a lot like Luke. Um, Just grumpy at everybody all the time. Grumpy and wears a lot of flannels and ball caps. That's pretty <laughs> much mean, it, man. That, that's, <laughs> that, that describes me well also, but like he just uh-huh. – it, it feels caricature-ish, not like – No, not, I know. Like, like, where's the and sense of humor? Where's the fun? 
we're getting to that point in season three where it's like, all right, we got to make this Luke and Lorelai thing happen now or else like I'm getting bored with the show now. I can, I can see myself like drifting to the phone and drifting to like sports news while we watch it. So there's gotta be some, uh, there's gotta be some Luke and, and Lorelai stuff happening. Final guy, final defensible guy in Gilmore girls, Dave Rogowski. I don't um, know who that is. That one's he's lost the, on me. He's the he's the guitar player in um oh Rory's best friend, dude. I forget her name. She has the the Korean parents that are like uh Kore- Korean Bible study parents. Right. Uh, and oh Lane. Her name is Lane. So yeah. Dave Rogowski is Lane's boyfriend. Um good character, good dude. Run it by her wife. See what she thinks. I know um, it's it, for the sake of everybody's mental well-being and relational health. It's best for me not to talk about Gilmore Girls with with my wife. Oh, no, that's good. Yeah, keep we, it uh, keep it off limits then. Yeah, yeah. We we've we've come to an agreement on you know where that like the place that holds in her life and who's it, who's it good for her to watch that with, and she doesn't sure. try to ask me to like enjoy this thing that I don't, and and everybody is is at peace. So I think we'll just maintain that. Dude, it's too bad you guys don't live in the area. I'm throwing uh, I threw themed birthday parties for KK. And um, we're we're doing a Gilmore Girls party this year, so um, it's just gonna be like coffee yeah. and pancakes or what? <laughs> yeah, all diner food. Um, dresses your favorite character. It's gonna be a fun night, man. You're gonna be in flannel and ball cap. Backwards. Yeah, I'm gonna be Luke. I, she wants me to be Jackson though. She she wants us to go as Jackson and Suki, but uh, I don't know, man. I'm 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 kind of uh, digging my heels in on the Luke thing. So. <laughs> You're like, no, I already have the uniform. I wear it every time I'm not teaching. Yeah, yeah, I'm literally wearing the uniform every day. So uh, we gotta <laughs> we gotta keep this simple. Don't overthink it. Um, well, pipe, we have we have largely overthought this episode in that yeah. we we endeavored to go 12 minutes and we've gone almost a half hour. So um, this was a lot of bonus content for our Patreon supporters. But uh, but I think it means that we. We enjoyed this question. Uh, you always bring good stuff to the table on these bonus apps pipe. And uh, our Patreon supporters always bring good stuff to the table, too. And by, by that, I mean their money. And uh, we hope that they continue <laughs> doing that so that we can we can keep doing radio every week in the fashion that we've become accustomed. Um, so, Pipe, uh, until next time. The Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see what they can do to help you launch and improve your podcast. Once in a generation, a podcast comes along with the power and eloquence to inspire us all. This show will entertain you while you wait for that one. Join two best friends, author and former history teacher John Driver and comedian Johnny W. for hilarious and authentic conversations about life, history, culture, faith, and everything in between. You can listen to Talk About That wherever you find your podcasts or at lifeaudio.com. 